Hey guys, this is Noah Domang with the Couch and Next Porsche podcast, and I just wanted to welcome you to our podcast. Um, if you're a new listener, I want you to just take a minute, uh, go check out the description of this episode. You can figure out what Couch and Next Sports is kind of all about. Uh, we're a multimedia sports platform, meaning we do podcasts, Twitch, YouTube, blogs, the whole the whole nine, right? We do the whole ordeal. Um, if you want to take a minute and check that out, we're also on pretty much every social media. Uh, we're on Twitch, Instagram. Facebook, TikTok, yeah, we're even on TikTok. Um, but if you just want to go check that out before you get into the episode, you can find more of our content. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We try to have fun over here. We try to build a little bit of a community. So if you want to check that out, you're always welcome to. Uh, don't be afraid to come interact with us on different medias. Uh, I would say Twitter would probably be your best avenue to have legit like sports talks and stuff. Uh, I'd love to do that if you ever – Disagree with something I say. Love to have a debate about it. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. If you're a returning listener, thank you. You guys are the best. You are the backbone of this podcast. You are what's paying the bills right now. So thank you guys for tuning in again. And now I just want to, yeah, we can just kind of get into the next episode. So see you guys there. What's up? And welcome back to the Couch Fanatic Sports Podcast, episode 11. It is Super Bowl week. I'm your host, Noah Domang. I went, I was going to go calmer, but I don't know. I'm just excited because the Super Bowl is here. Best week of the year. Everyone knows that. Who doesn't love a good Super Bowl week? Uh, low key, kind of better when your team's not in it. It's a lot less stressful. Um, sounds like a loser. I'm definitely not just saying that because the Saints lost. I mean, I probably am. But, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a great week if your team's in it. It's a nerve-wracking week. You're very excited. You're anxious. You're ready to see what your team's going to do. You're ready to see if they're going to go win the big shebang. You're ready to see if you're going to be, you know, getting sizes for a ring pretty soon. Or if even if your team's not in it, even if you're not necessarily in the – if you don't get to watch all of your favorite players on press day and media day and get to see kind of what the vibe is and kind of have the lead-up to the game – you still get to watch it from like a third party outside view. It's still a great day of family and friends and I mean COVID, so maybe not this year, but like sitting out with the people like in your household and like ordering wings and pizza and watching the game from an hour before to watch all the pregame shows and to watch all of the commercials. Yes, even the commercials, guys. Even the commercials. Watching the halftime show. We got the weekend this year. I mean, what a great halftime show is that? We have Goat versus baby goat coming up in the Super Bowl, Tom Brady and Pat Mahomes. And then, oh, halftime, finally, I can catch my breath. Finally, these commercials, there's just been so good. Like, I can take a minute, just enjoy some pizza. Oh, wait, the weekend's performing. Like, it is going to be a great Sunday. It's going to be very, it's going to be just an awesome lead up. This entire week so far has been pretty exciting. Um, uh, now, albeit, it probably is a little bit less exciting for someone who's not a fan of either of the two teams. It's probably fair. It's probably a lot less anxious, though. But overall, I think like America as a whole kind of has a different buzz around to it when Super Bowl week. It's a little different with COVID, but you kind of kind of sense like you can kind of sense it in the air, like with everybody. Like everybody knows like what's coming up. Everybody knows like yo, get ready because like it's about to go down this week. And before COVID, um, as you probably know, South Louisiana here, uh, the Mardi Gras parades were supposed to be starting this week. So it would have been it's it would have been a combination of the first week of Mardi Gras parades buzz, like that kind of atmosphere, mixed in with Super Bowl weekend coming up, and then we would have had a parade that ended 
probably 30 minutes an hour before the game started. So, I mean, it would it had a chance to be just an epic weekend with the parades on Friday and Saturday night at 2. But, you know, there's pandemic, so what are you going to do? Um, we're going to get to the game in a minute. Uh, I want to kind of touch on the other stuff first. Everything else that's kind of be going on in sports, kind of what has happened, some of the rumors that's been going on. And after that, we can uh, dedicate more time to the game. So I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go first. Okay, we can start with baseball first. Oh, sorry, guys. Um, We can start with baseball first. And usually when there is just like a monster trade go through one of the best players in baseball gets traded, we would touch on that first. However, we're going to touch on that, you know, in a little bit. Um, number one, actually the, the biggest news I have to talk about, I'll, I'll talk about after baseball before the Super Bowl, and that one's going to be like a little bit more passionate. So we're going to get to that. If you're listening, you could probably guess what that is. I made a YouTube video on it already that posted on Wednesday and yeah, we're going to, we're going to let that one build up a little bit. Um, in case you didn't know, it, it has to do with college football. Let's just say that anyways, uh, starting in the baseball world. The they announced the cover of the show leaked on Sunday with Fernando Tatis Jr. Then Monday they released it, uh, just full press release, sent out all of them. They also announced the huge news of it coming to Xbox. Yes, Xbox is finally going to have the show. The re- the show the show's the reason why I switched from Xbox to PlayStation because I wanted to play it as a kid. Once they got rid of because once Xbox got rid of the 2K baseball game, I couldn't play a baseball video game anymore. So I switched to PlayStation so I could start playing that. Like, it moving to Xbox is huge news. You can potentially double your viewers, uh, I mean your players in your game. You can involve more young kids into the game, and, like, this helps grow the game. When there's more people that can play a video game playing their favorite as their favorite team, it helps grow the game. Um, whenever they're playing, like, Diamond Dynasty, and they're like, yeah, you know, like, I'm a Red Sox fan, you know, I'm in – eighth grade like my bedtime's nine o'clock like i don't get to stay up and watch uh the padres games on the west coast i don't get to watch the angels games on the west coast on the west coast when mike trout's playing when fernando tatis jr's playing when mookie betts is playing when all these people are playing like it could be your mom won't probably won't let you stay up till one two o'clock in the morning on a school night to watch uh these players when you're in seventh eighth grade so this kind of helps you get exposed to it like you're playing Diamond Dynasty, you get a diamond card come up, and it's – I don't want to say Mike Trout because I feel like he's probably universally known, but if it's like a Corey Seager, like there might be some kids in the Northeast or like in the Midwest who just don't know who that player is because they've never come in contact with them before. I mean, if you're a Chicago White Sox fan, there's a legit chance that you may not know who the second baseman on the Padres is. You know, there you, there's a chance that you just might not know because like you never – came into contact with him. Like he's playing in the national league or in the American league. You're in two different time zones. You're in two different like divisional standpoints and you just may never like come across them. But now the video games kind of gives you an opportunity to, um, I think especially at a young age, video games is what helped me with my sports knowledge, uh, come, come to fruition, help me realize like who, not only like the stars are of the leagues, but also just like everyday players. Like, and to this day, uh, because of that, I like I can watch any game going on in any of the three major sports: baseball, basketball, football. 
and I can tell you who the who's playing what position and I can tell you like oh like that's that number that's him that's him oh he went to this school da 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 and it just kind of all connects because like you'll see stuff on video games and you'll see it on TV and then you'll see him playing the game and then you'll see stuff on fantasy and like it just kind of all pieces together and connects and voila like it helps your knowledge overall it helps you understand who's who and it kind of gets you deeper embedded into the game because if you know 80% of the people on the two teams that are playing, even if you're not a fan of those two teams, there's a good chance you watch it because you know who some of the players are. You're like, oh, well, that guy's on my like MLB The Show team. Like, I like the dude's really good. Like, I want to watch this. And you're like, oh my gosh, like uh, Mike Trout. Yeah, dude, I want to I want to watch this game. Like, like Mike Trout's playing. Like, I'm I want to cheer for Mike Trout's team. It's just like dumb, like little silly stuff like that. But that's what helps the game grow. That's what helps like be able to being able to market the game. Uh, this stuff's very important. It sounds very, very juvenile. It sounds very, very lame, but it's the truth. Um, then you add in the fact that they picked just the perfect person to be on the cover, Fernando Tatis Jr. He is a 22-year-old. He's got swagger. He's from, I mean, his dad played. He's he's Latin roots. He plays the game hard. He plays the game right. And he doesn't, like, if you may remember, the 3-0 swing when he hit a grand slam, everybody lost their minds about it. Well, that's the type of, like, he's part of the, like, you know, let's break some unwritten rules. Let's grow the game. Let's let's make baseball fun again. Let's make the game cool. And that's exactly what they did. The, the bat flip, whenever everyone freaked out on the 3-0 swing, that's the cover of MLB The Show now. It's kind of baseball as a collective saying, hey, like, screw y'all, like, F off. Like, we're going to do this because we want to grow the game and we want to make the game more fun and we want kids to like the game. Because guess what? If kids don't start liking baseball, if we just have a full generation of kids who just never watch the game, that's bad. Because then you have an eventually, yeah, baseball will be fine for a little while, but then eventually those kids get older and then they don't ever teach their kids and their grandkids never learn. And then baseball ends up dying off because – you just miss generations of kids, and it was never cool to play baseball. It's very frustrating because you see what the NBA does, and like the way they grew their game was every time Steph Curry would hit a step back three over somebody, every time LeBron would have just a monster windmill dunk, it was on Twitter within like two to three minutes. Like you can't scroll through Twitter on a night when the Warriors are playing and not see 10 to 20 Steph Curry highlights or or see the same Steph Curry highlight 10 to 20 times by 10 to 20 different accounts because the NBA markets it right. But the MLB, they don't let people technically post the videos. The only time you could post a video is if it's the team that does it or the MLB. And they legit strike people down whenever they try to do that. They claim copyright, but sure, it's in your legal, legally, yeah, you can, but it just, it hurts the game, and I get it, you want to squeeze every single dollar out of this, but at the end of the day, you got to grow the game. Baseball is not the most popular sport. It's not even the second most popular sport right now. That's a problem, and the way you fix that is you remove blackouts. Yeah. People pay for MLB TV to where they can watch any game in the country, but then they'll have teams blacked out. 
there's places in America that one third of the teams, 10 out of the 30 teams are blacked out and you cannot view even if you own MLB.TV. That's a real problem. Like we're paying you $100 or I think the price section went up though, a season to let us watch every game that we want to watch. But then you say, oh, but no, not that team. You can't do that no matter what. And like, there's not even an upcharge to be able to like allow yourself to do it. You just can't watch it no matter what, no watching it. That's a problem. That's a real problem. And then you add in the fact that anytime somebody has fun, they get freaking thrown at and get their heads just smoked by baseball. Ooh, you hit a home off home run off me and you smiled. Ready to get hit in the head with a baseball? No. No, I'm not ready. Like, no. It's a game. I'm trying to have fun. That's part of the game. Like, I got you. And then guess what? Next time, you're going to strike me out on a curveball in the dirt, and you're going to run off the mound screaming, pumping your fist. And guess what? That's part of it. You won that battle. You get to celebrate. And I think the majority of the people are starting to come around on this, but you still have the people who think they need to police the game in that aspect. What you need to understand is when somebody bat flips – they're not trying to show you up. They're not disrespecting you. Now, every now and then, yeah, if it's personal, they might be looking at you. But whenever Mookie Betts hits a moon bomb in Fenway after a 14-pitch at bat, grand slam off the Blue Jays, if he turns to his dugout and he's jumping and screaming like saying, let's go, jumping up and down, celebrating with his teammates, who are you to throw at him for that? Who are you to throw at them for that? That's the same thing as if in basketball, if after somebody gets dunked on, the bench like jumps up and like starts – you know what the bench does. If you ever watch an NBA game, they basically roll all over the court for, I don't know, 30 seconds. If they just grabbed the basketball after and just hummed it at them, like you can't do that. It's, it's just, it's just so stupid. Every other sport you're allowed to show emotion. You're allowed to have fun. You're encouraged to, and then baseball, you're not there. It's not like, like in football, they're going to openly encourage you to have fun, especially now that they got rid of most of the celebration rules. Baseball, they don't only not encourage you, they actually discourage you to have fun. They say, do not have fun. And that's a real problem. And that's going to keep kids away from the game. And you know what doesn't make a kid want to play baseball is whenever they watch their favorite player get hit in the ribs, 98, like just take 98 miles per hour right into the ribs because he had fun and hit a home run. That's not going to make a kid want to play baseball. You know what's going to want to make a kid want to play baseball? Him, somebody making a diving catch in the outfield and then jumping up and down while they run in before they go lead off the inning. That's the type of stuff that will encourage people that will grow that will grow the game. And yeah, and I'm sorry, I just kind of went on a baseball sucks the marketing itself rant. I've been needing to get that one out for a while, but it's just just absurd. The how terrible and how tone deaf baseball is and kind of moving in while we're on this tangent, I'm just going to keep falling into it before we make it back to Tatis and then eventually the big trade. Um, baseball announced that there will be no universal DH this year. So they're going to mess that up again because guys, how else do we grow the game? Oh, I know. Let's have Aaron Nola bat uh, 0. 0.080 batting average for the season. Like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. Oh, I know. Uh, I have an idea. Bases loaded, two outs, uh, bottom bottom seven. Your pitcher's throwing a shutout. He, uh, you know, 10Ks, he's only at 80 pitches. But now you got to decide either, A, you pull him 
and then you your ace who's shoving doesn't get to play anymore because you want to try and score a run here, or B, you let him just swing and miss or just take three pitches right down the middle, and then your threat's just gone. It's just gone. And guess what? I get it. Oh, they're baseball players. They are they should be able to do all aspects of the game. Well, Casey didn't realize other positional players don't have to pitch. It's not the same type of game as what the positional players play, regardless if you like it or not. Also, regardless if you like it or not, most of these pitchers, there's a legit chance that let's just name a random National League pitcher. Okay. Let's let's just do that. Marcus Stroman. There is a legit chance Marcus Stroman did not pick up a bat since high school. Since high school. There is a chance that somebody like David Price did not pick up a bat since legit like 14-year-old travel ball. Because if you're – it starts in high school. Like when I played high school ball, we had pitchers who – didn't get to hit. They didn't get to run the bases. They like if they did get to hit, they didn't get to run the bases after. So then what happens is these pitchers, if they never hit, then they go to college and they spend three years at LSU and they never have to pick up a bat there and they never have to run the bases there. So then they get drafted and they go all through the minor league system, never having to hit, no matter what no matter if you're drafted by the Rockies or the Red Sox, you don't have to hit in the minors. Then the day you get called up, all of a sudden you're facing Tyler Glass now, and you have to go get three at bats off of Tyler Glass now. It's just dumb. And in the amount of freak injuries we see from pitchers running the bases, because it's something they haven't done in so long, their bodies aren't trained to do that. And you know what? I would rather my pitchers focus their 100% effort on going, you know, add an extra uh, 100 RPM on their slider. I'd rather them go work on their control and their command. I would rather – ooh, that's a good that's a good topic, control and command. I'm going to talk about that one of these slower days. I'm going to talk about the difference because some people don't understand that. Yeah, that's a good idea. It's very random. But there's just – it's just like I would rather them focus on those type of things than ever having to – ever having to pick up a bat for BP. I mean, it's just a waste of time. And whether you agree with it or not at this point, it's the reality of the game. It's the way that the game's moving. And the longer we put it off – we're only hurting the product on the field. So now going back to Fernando Tatis Jr., he is just an absolute stud. He has accumulated 6.5 war in 140 games in his career. Um, and if you kind of want like a more in-depth breakdown, you can go check out my blog at couchfanexports.com. Uh, he's just the one with him on the cover. And I'm pulling up his stats right now to kind of give like a brief kind of, you know, overview of his career so far. His career has been nuts for being 140 games in. I think it's 143. Yeah. So let's see, 143 games so far. Tatis has slashed 301, 374, 582 with a 150 weighted runs created plus. (laughs) It's silly. He's just so good, and he does everything well. He has such a strong arm. He plays really good defense. He's a great base runner, and you know, most of all, he just he can just flat out hit. He can flat out rake. He's uh, put up almost forty homers and a hundred, and he's one homer off from forty. So he's had thirty nine in one hundred and forty three games. His one sixty two like 
uh, I guess would would it be average? Would be no, it'd be crazy. It would be maybe not necessarily MVP. It would be close. You know, it would be top three to five player in baseball, though. Um, I don't think he would have. He wouldn't have the highest WAR in baseball. Uh, he was sixth highest last year, though. He was the sixth most. He he accumulated the sixth most wins above replacement baseball last year. And we have people wondering why he's on the face of the game. Oh yeah, then you add in the fact of his swagger and his charisma and the way he goes about the game, and then that bright smile that just kind of like takes over. Uh, but I am ecstatic. I actually have a Tatis jersey. I like little t-shirt jersey thing uh, because he's just so fun to watch, and I'm very excited for him. I'm very excited that he has, you know, gotten this opportunity. And the cool part is who he's sharing this quote unquote, I guess it would be honor with. Um, it was announced today. Uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday around three o'clock that Jackie Robinson would be on the deluxe edition of him be the show 21. And that fight, that cover is also just fire. Uh, and will be the show really brought the heat this year when it comes to the covers and it looks, it looks really good. Um, but that's pretty awesome that your two choices are Fernando Tatis Jr. and Jackie Robinson. It's pretty cool. But uh, kind of moving on to the next topic, I wasn't planning on talking about baseball this much, but I love baseball. I should probably do, you know, just baseball podcasts uh, because it's my favorite sport. But, yeah. Uh, just kind of moving on now. Talk about the Nolan Arenado trade. Um, So it broke probably – Monday ish or Sunday. Um, so Nolan Arenado was traded from the Rockies to the Cardinals. The Cardinals return was terrible. Like the rock, what the Rockies got was just flat out awful. Wasn't a good return. And then the Rockies also threw in $50 million to take his contract. What are we doing? The Rockies said, here, take, you know, the best or, you know, the second best, best player in our franchise history that we've ever, like, developed and just have him here. Take him. Like, no, 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 no. We don't want much back for him. Oh, no, no, no. Here, here. Take 50 million. You know what? Here, take him. Like, I don't care. Like, just take this 50 million dollars and just walk away. What are, what are the Rockies doing? Like, I couldn't imagine being a Rockies fan. That would make me so upset what they do. And then all of a sudden it's, Oh, but we're going to keep Trevor Story. Yay. Oh, so you're not going to resign Story, though. I mean, what's the point of keeping him? He's going to be a free agent after this year. Why would you keep him? You're not going to resign him. He's not going to resign with you after what just happened because you're not committed to winning. Or what are you going to do with him? You're going to pay him and let him just going to trade him a year after, just like you did with Nolan? That wouldn't make much sense. You would think that pretty much everybody would be on the block right now. But kind of digging into the Nolan stuff, Rockies fans, I'm sorry, guys. Nolan Arenado is like my favorite player in baseball since probably like 2015, 2016. Um, so I definitely feel for y'all. I, I definitely, definitely, definitely feel for y'all. So looking at Arenado's career, he averages about 40 homers a year, 120 RBI, uh, 40 doubles, <laughs> 
his career way to runs created plus is 118 and he leads the MLB and third like he he leads third baseman and war since I think 20 yeah 2015 he's also accumulated the third most war in the National League since 2015 and this is a guy that we trade away for nothing and we also throw $50 million, $50, million to the team to beg them to please take him off of our hands. Oh, well, I know what you're thinking. Well, he's not that good. Uh, he might, yeah, he can hit, but you know he's not that good at defense. Oh, no, never mind. He's actually won a gold glove every single year he has played. He has won eight gold gloves. He has won the platinum glove, you know, the best defender in base, like in that league, regardless of position. He has won that four times. That's the guy that we're trading away for nothing. And we're going to give $50 million to take him. Well, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, he is pretty old. Oh, wait, no, he's only 29. Yeah, sorry, guys, that's on me. I misread that. I thought it said 92. Yeah, 29. He's 29 years old. Oh, but I know what you're thinking. I got you now. He didn't have a good year last year, you know? He only accumulated .9 war. His offense was abysmal. His way to runs created plus was 76. His, I don't know, his OPS was not good. It was like 730. Then you find out, oh, wait, it was a 60-game season. He only played 48 games. So, you know, it could also be considered um, a slump. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of overreacting to the tiny, tiny, tiny sample sizes that was last season in a pandemic year when nobody really wanted us to be there, especially if your team's not good. I don't like Lindor and Arenado and Javi Baez and J.D. Martinez and, like, all these guys who are just normally superstars and just great and can just hit the hell out of the ball. It doesn't worry me at all that they didn't put up monster numbers last year. In a shortened season, 60 games, I uh, can't see your wife and kids for the entirety of the time from like your training until then. Like That doesn't bother me. That, uh, that doesn't worry me for the future. Um, if it does worry you, you're like, oh, this is a trend. Well, I'm going to take the previous. Let me, let me look at the exact amount. Of games, he has played 1,079 games in his career, and you want to overreact to a 40 to a 48 game sample size? Yeah, you do you. I'm gonna, you know, not do that. Uh, I mean, it's cool though. You can you can definitely do that if you want. Nobody's gonna stop you. But I would be willing to bet it's more than likely that Arenado is a, you know, Gold Glove winning. Top five MVP finishing, 40 home run hitting player again next year. And for the Cardinals, I think this pretty much makes them the clear-cut favorites in the NL Central. Everybody else this year is kind of in the Central. Like in the NL Central, everyone else is just kind of, you know, not tried to make their team better. Um, but the Cardinals are, and that's always good. Uh, adding Arenado is a big piece. Pairing him with Goldschmidt in the middle of the order, that's awesome. Uh, now you have Nato and Goldie, as all the pictures were showing. Um, and that's 
it's probably the best corner infield in baseball. Uh, the only one that I guess you can kind of compare would be Olsen and Matt Chapman. I would personally give the edge to the Cardinals, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, I think the Cardinals are pretty much the, I don't want to say runaway, but I think they're the front runners right now. If I had to put money down on somebody today, I'd pick the Cardinals. Um, I think they could definitely use another arm or two, but the fact that the Cubs have lost what they lost, like they kind of just sent away you Darvish. The fact that they have been openly shopping like Chris Bryant, which I think Chris Bryant's going to stay at this point, but they're not really ins- inspiring too much confidence in me that they're going to really go for it this year. You don't trade the guy who finished second in the NL Cy Young Award race, you know, for the race, um, to then all of a sudden say, no, we're going to try and win now. I can see the Reds winning a decent bit, um, but then again, they lost their Cy Young Award winner. So, yeah. Last year, they were really good. They had a great rotation, but then they just lost their main guy. Brewers, eh, you know, eh. I like before this trade, I felt like the winner of the NL Central is probably going to win 85 to 88 games. Um, I think the Cardinals could probably get to, it can get to 90, right around 90. I wouldn't push it and say too much more than that, but. Yeah, I think the the winner of the NL Central this year is going to win 88 to 90 games. And you can't say that for most divisions this year. Um, I guess the NL East, not for the fact of everybody being bad, but the fact that everybody's so good, they're going to beat up on each other. Um, I could see I can see the Phillies, Nationals, and Marlins. I can see any one of them finishing third or fifth. Yeah. Um, I think the Braves and Mets, probably the Braves still have the edge, especially with Soroka coming back. Um, the Mets have a little bit of an edge on the other three in my head. Um, and then, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who would finish third, fourth, or fifth. I wouldn't, I don't feel comfortable saying any of them will finish at a certain point. Honestly, I've thought about it a lot and I'm going to hold that one off for the predictions preseason prediction episode, but we can kind of, we can kind of move into my next topic of discussion. Now, this is the part of the show that I'm really going to get riled up for. So if you follow me or any of the Couch Fanatic stuff on social media, if you subscribe to the YouTube, you probably saw the YouTube video on this already. Guys, the college football video game's back. It's back. I, woo, woo, it's back. Let's go. Oh, man, the boys are ready. The boys are ready. It's been since NCAA 14 was the last one ever was the last one they ever made and almost a decade later by the time this next one comes out it's gonna be back oh my gosh i am like so excited i already touched on this like on the youtube video but i'm just i'm just so like overcome with emotions just like it's i'm just so ecstatic because like i still play i still played up like during the quarantine i played in ncaa 14 it's it's just it's that good like it's better than madden and if they do it right and they don't just copy and paste Madden, it's it's gonna be awesome. Um, and they already have a hundred schools signed on, so it's like it's it's coming back. They said it's gonna be a couple years, couple, few years, not ideal. 
especially since they didn't, you know, kind of clarify that right away. Everybody kind of ran with it. Uh, you got everybody making covers. You have Kyler Murray saying, put a real one on the cover. You got Joe Burrow saying it his entire life, don't his only dream, like, was to be on the cover of that video game. You have the Bengals making covers of, of Joe Burrow. You have ESPN, Sports Center, Bleacher Report, everyone making Everyone and anyone's making covers of Joe Burrow. Arizona put Cardinals put out a cover with Kyler Murray on it. You have people just everywhere, everywhere campaign, uh, campaigning for it. You have people saying like, "I was in college from 2015 to 2020, and they decide they ended in 2014, and then 2021 they decided to bring it back." Really, like, yeah. <laughs> so it's it was very unfortunate timing for those people, but. This game coming back is huge, new, huge news because it gives us something other to play than just Madden. Because at this point, Madden's just unplayable. There's glitches, there's bugs. Uh, the game doesn't even feel like a game. It's no, there's no skill gap. It's just, it's been bad. It's been bad for a little while now, probably since twenty like sixteen, uh, with the one with Odell on the cover. Whenever you just hold down aggressive catch. And it was basically just verticals on the field the whole play. And then it got to a point where you had to run the ball every single play of the game. You can never pass the ball. And like it just wasn't fun. There was no there's no reward for running the correct play against the correct coverage. Like if I run, like I'm kind of getting kind of technical here, but in Madden, if you're in a cover two and I'm running a cover two beater, something that in real life that if you ran a cover two against it, like you're gonna be in trouble. But like it should work, just flat out. If they if everybody does exactly what they're supposed to do, this will work. If everybody doesn't do what they're supposed to do, and they just do whatever they want, whatever they please, then what's the point of calling start play? So it's it's just stuff like that. It's been broken for so long. I'm just so excited to get NCAA back because you have the building up the programs. You have Road to Glory. You know, you have um, going pick a random team like Toledo or. Mississippi Valley State and building them up into a powerhouse to go take down Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, go take down Nick Saban in Alabama, go up and beat up on Ryan Day in Ohio State. Like that's the type of stuff that's just like appealing to people and fun to people. Or you have the career when you start off in high school and you play to try and earn a scholarship to like a school of your choice and have any school in the country looking for you. You go pick there and you try to become a Heisman winner. You want to win a national championship there. It's just stuff like that. And then they added in the later years, they had Ultimate Team. If you enjoy Madden Ultimate Team, you'd really enjoy this one because just it was just it was just such a better gaming experience. You had a true home field advantage. Whenever, like, if you play the game, you know, whenever the stadium would be rocking and loud, your controller would actually shake if you're the away team. Like giving the home team a legit advantage. The screen would shake and you couldn't see, like the routes would wiggle and like it would be hard to see like what the what route your players were running. Certain times if it got loud enough, you couldn't even hot route. Like if you were playing in Death Valley or if you were playing like in the swamp in Florida, you couldn't hot route a certain certain plays because it was so loud. Like, you know, theoretically in that game, like it gave you a real home field advantage. It gave you all the cool playbooks with all the option plays and all just the quirky stuff from college you have the bands you have uh the people in the stands going nuts because it's just the college atmosphere it's the college game atmosphere um and if you've never been to a big time college football game you know i'm blessed enough to have gone to several i say several a lot of lsu football games growing up 
But if you're from, I don't know, Milwaukee, I mean, there's a chance you've never, you've just never been. Like if you're from Montana, there's a chance you've never been to that type of atmosphere. If you didn't go to a big, if you didn't go or live by a big college football school, there's a chance you've just never understood that atmosphere. You've never been in it before. But if you play this game, it kind of gives you a little taste of it. And they, it's just so exciting that they're bringing this back. Uh, there's so much video game talk today, I know. But this game is just so much better than Madden. And every, you can tell by how like universally loved it, loved it is. It's just beloved by everyone who's ever played it. Um, during quarantine, they were actually selling on eBay this video game used for $180. And people were buying it. I actually sold mine in quarantine for $180 because people were buying them. A video game that is six, seven years old sold for $180. And they never gave us an exact date of when the new one's going to come out. They said it'll be a few years, but I think everybody's just excited that like this, like this news came out of nowhere. Nobody was expecting this. There's speculation after the image of likeness stuff came out that like, they'll be able to do it again. We didn't know when, um, as of right now, they will not be able to use the player's actual names, but that's okay because it's just because of the image and likeness rules as of now, which as we know, it's looking like it's going to change. So that's awesome. Um, but I'm just so, so excited. I hope they do right by the guys who would have been on it during that time. Um, it would be cool if they did one cover with like every Heisman winner. Like if you throw in like during that time, like Derrick Henry, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, um, I'm forgetting people, Devonta Smith, Lamar Jackson. Like if you throw like all those guys that won the Heisman during that time on one cover, it could be like Legends Edition or something. It could just be that. Or if you can kind of pick your cover, like whenever you uh, order it, especially if you order the digital version, it's very easy. But you could pick like, no, like I'm, I'm an LSU fan. Like I want the cover with Joe Burrow on it. Or you're like, well, I'm actually, I'm an Oklahoma fan. I want the one with Kyler, you know? It, it's just, all this stuff is just so exciting. Like I, I'm just jazzed. I'm pumped up right now to even be able to say that like we'll be able to play this game eventually. Um, and I just, I just really hope EA doesn't mess it up and just copy and paste and do exactly what Madden is because that is probably the worst thing. thing. That is just the worst thing ever that they could possibly do. And now, hopefully they bring back the college basketball games. Hopefully they bring back the college hockey, college baseball, and all that other stuff. All right, now we can move on. Um, I, I was a little bit more energetic yesterday when I was talking about it for the YouTube video. I'm not going to lie. There's, there's no shame in that. It was fresh. Um, I was just... It's probably a lot easier to see uh, the energy that you have to whenever it's a video and it's not just, you know, a podcast listening and all that stuff. But I kind of want to take a minute here. Um, if you haven't yet, if you're still listening, please go take a, take a minute to just uh, download, rate, subscribe this episode. Um, really appreciate it. It really helps us out here. Uh, maybe if you, if you saw this episode on social media, go share it with your friends. Uh, just throw it a retweet or on Facebook, share. I use the actual share button. And yeah, all that would be extremely, extremely appreciated. Uh, if you want to check out the YouTube, it's Couch Fanatic Sports. Um, all of my social media is Couch Fanatic Sports, um, except for Twitter, it's Couch Fanatic at Couch Fanatic. But if you search Couch Fanatic Sports, it'll come up too. And in some other news, before we get into the Super Bowl talk, 
Couch Fanatic Sports is officially viral on TikTok. Times two. I'm going to pull it up right now to see how many views are at. But I know it's a lot because last time I checked, it was a lot. So um, just kind of kind of looking, uh, in case you didn't know, it's actually pretty good stuff. I did a NFL quarterbacks be like challenge. Um and it did fairly well. It had about hundred and about a about eighty to a hundred thousand views on TikTok. Um and then on Thursday night, I posted on a Saturday, the next Thursday it went just bananas. Like it blew up. Um and it just kept going and going. And then by Saturday afternoon, I was like, well, I mean, it's going off. Everybody's asked for part two. Let's do part two. Why not? Um, so I did part two, and the part two really blew up. So as of right now, part one is at 493.9K views. So it's looking like it's going to hit half a million views soon. No big deal. <laughs> and then on the part two, we're at 781.7K. So that might be on its way to a million. That's it's awesome. Uh, between the two, we have almost 100,000 likes. Uh, we have 2,700 followers now on the TikTok, and everyone's asking for part three. So hopefully we can keep growing on there as a way to grow you know, as a community. As one avenue takes off, hopefully the rest can take off too. Um, now, I do want to say that while we're kind of promoting, you know, just kind of everything overall, um, if you're, while you're listening to this, uh, go check out also, I'm asking you to do a lot right now, but um, if you want to go check out the Twitch, uh, you can find it at Noah underscore Domang. That is like legit my favorite thing to do. It's just play video games and like cut up with the people in the chat. Well, I love the podcast too, right? But um, the the video games, the Twitch and stuff kind of gives you a little bit sooner excitement and like happiness, I guess, um, to say the least. But uh, just kind of talking back and forth with you guys, the followers. Um, we have a lot of fun. Uh, the more people, the better, obviously, because we have more people to talk to, more people to cut up with. And yeah, I try to stream a few times a week for ish usually um is about how many times i stream a week i'm streaming tonight actually on wednesday i'll try and stream tomorrow on thursday like since it's the drop to where y'all can see um but if you kind of want to see if it's about you can go to the stream i'm gonna be solo tonight um sometimes i play with friends sometimes i just play me i'm gonna be solo tonight so you can kind of go look at the previous broadcast if you want to see what it's about and yeah just yeah that's kind of all i have to say about that uh, just trying to plug everything else while I got you here. So, moving on next, uh, we can get into the Super Bowl talk. Doom, 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 ding. Okay, so Super Bowl talk. I am, I'm very excited about the game. We kind of like touched on this part already. I'm very, I don't want to say nervous because I'm not nervous because like whoever wins wins. I don't really, I mean I care, but like at the end of the day, it's not gonna like wreck me to my core right um but i'm i guess i'm anxious like i'm anxious to like be able to watch the game and like see everything play out um because you know i dedicate a lot of time to watching football yeah sound like a loser but like 
I mean, seriously, you watch the game on Thursday night. That's going to take three and a half hours. And then on Saturday, you watch college football all game long. And, like, that doesn't really affect the NFL. But eventually, those players will be in the NFL, you know? And then on Sunday, you get up and you put on, you know, you watch, you flip through the games. Like, we have Sunday ticket. Or you watch Red Zone. And you watch football from 12 until 10.30 at night when Sunday night football ends. And then on Monday, you watch another three and a half hours. It's just, it's like so much time gets dedicated to this. And it's all for this moment that's coming up this Sunday. Um, So currently, you know, if you may not know, if you don't know, I don't really know why you're listening to this podcast. Um, Thanks for coming out, though. I enjoy it. Uh, Please feel free to grab a chair, stay, you know, maybe get something uh, cold to drink. Um, But pull up the line, uh, the Chiefs and the Bucks. Have made it here. It's a lot of people's preseason predictions. It was not mine. I thought it was going to be Chiefs Saints. Then Drew Brees decided to just be hurt the entire season and hurt everything on him and just be a course of himself. So here we are with the Bucks instead. So opening up, the Chiefs are a three-point favorite. That's actually gone down. They were a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, whenever the game's kind of first announced. So, looking at the kind of the matchup, ESPN, the uh, FPI, has the Chiefs with a 52% chance to win. I feel like it should be higher. Like it should probably be 60-40 if it's me. Uh, let's, I guess we can start off with kind of the injuries. Uh, the Chiefs aren't going to have Demarcus Robinson or Daniel Kilgore, who's their center, um, or their backup tight end. Le'Veon Bell and Tammy Watkins are both questionable. I mean, I'm going to have to assume that they're going to both play. It's a Super Bowl. And then the Bucks have Whitehead, Antoine Winfield Jr., Antonio Brown, JPP, Fonte David. They're all questionable. Again, Super Bowl, they're probably all going to play. It's probably just naggy stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it looks like it would be both teams full go. Uh, the COVID test came back. Everybody's cleared and good to go. Nobody has to – we don't have to worry about any delays. We don't have to worry about, I mean, any, any I guess, something unforeseen. Unforeseen, unforeseen sorry, I'm struggling. Talking for an hour will do that to somebody. But I guess that – but besides that, like, there should be no delays. We should be good. Um, I guess we can kind of break down the Chiefs first. Uh, we all kind of expected the Chiefs to be here at the beginning of the season – they have the best player in football, Patrick Mahomes, potentially the best quarterback talent-wise that, you know, just in NFL history. He, I think he's the most talented quarterback I've ever witnessed. But on top of having the best player in football, you have a great team around him. You have you have a top five wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. You have the best tight end in football. You have a couple of really good running backs in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who's a first-round pick, and Le'Veon Bell. You have a pretty good defense, a very optimistic defense who can create turnovers and who, who can capitalize off of those turnovers. They may not be the best, as per se, when it comes to yards or points or something like that, but they are very, very good at creating opportunities. But it also kind of helps out whenever your offense puts up 30 some points a game. Lot you have a lot less pressure on your defense. It's okay if you give up a you know a touchdown or two. Um, I I I guess I'll save that. Um, I kind of already hinted at it. Who I think is going to win, but 
Mahomes is amazing. He's probably going to be the runner-up for the MVP award. Um, I don't remember if he finished second last year. Uh, I know Lamar won. I can't really think off the top of my head if he finished second or not, but Mahomes won in 2018. Um, And... The craziest part about Mahomes, um, well, actually, the craziest part is like this stat that ESPN did. It was like the top ten like wildest Patrick Mahomes uh, stats. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. I'll uh, I'll retweet it on my personal page. Uh, if you want to go look at that at Noah D- underscore Domang on Twitter to see kind of what I'm referring to, but. Mahomes is just insane, and if you watch the 2018 AFC Championship game with the Chiefs and the Patriots, if D. Ford didn't line up offsides, Mahomes is probably looking to win his third straight Super Bowl in three years as a starter. Yeah. And then also, if they don't call roughing the passer when somebody hit Tom Brady's shoulder pad with their hand, Mahomes is probably looking to win his third straight Super Bowl in three years. It is just nuts how good this guy is. Um, the Mahomes has put up 30 points or more in every playoff game he has ever played in, except for the game when he was knocked out in the third quarter against the Browns. So every full game he's ever had in the playoffs, his team has put up 30 points or more. This guy is just nuts. Um, I made this video a while back, but uh, through 38 career games for Mahomes, he had 10 games, so, you know, over 25% of the time, in which he would he threw for four touchdowns or more. So, you know, it would be about four or five times a season. Or also, he also had 10 games when he threw three or more touchdowns before halftime. He's just a different man. He's just, he's a witch. Let's be honest. He's a witch. He's not human. I don't know what planet he comes from, but the throws that he can make, human beings shouldn't be able to make those throws. His arm is just so strong, but also so accurate. And then he also has that baseball background where he could throw it from any like angle. And he could, he'll do like random stuff and he'll run all the way to the right side of the field and then turn back and throw it to the left side. Like everything you ever, like, Everything you've ever been taught playing football, something that's going to make a coach go, no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Like, that's going to, that's the type of plays that Mahomes makes. He's made throws like the Saints Chiefs game this year. If you didn't get to watch it, go kind of look at some of those highlights. He made some throws in that game, which is crazy. Like, defenders on him, like, you think, like, yes, we finally got him, and then he'll slip out or he'll just throw it and it will just fall directly into somebody's hands through three other hands of the defense before landing safely before you know they would score a touchdown because Mahomes just somehow fit it in the tightest window possible the window was the size of a football and he put it right through it's it's crazy to see how good he is and it's also crazy to think that if Andy Reid didn't jump the Saints in 2017 that he would be playing for the Saints Yeah, and I don't think it's that far off to say that he might be even better. He might be even more advanced if he wasn't the Saints. Sean Payton's a better offensive coach than Andy Reid. I think that's fair to say. Before Patrick Mahomes got there, 
Andy Reid never really had much success, I guess, so to speak. Um, he definitely wasn't viewed as what he's viewed now. And I guess you can make the argument that Sean Payton has only had Drew Brees, so it makes it a lot easier when you don't have Drew Brees as if he does. But Sean Payton has just went 8-1, I think, without Drew over these last two years. And that's playing with Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so, yeah. But, I I mean, I view Payton as one of the brightest offensive minds in the game. I view him as a Hall of Fame coach. And then you add in the fact that Mahomes would have sat under Drew for a year or two. I don't think it's unfair to say that he'd be even better than what he is now. And not even from a talent level. I guess it would be more from a being able to read a defense. Like Mahomes said, like he never even learned how to read a defense until about halfway through 2018. He didn't start to be able to like pick up on these things until halfway through the season in which he won the MVP. This guy didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was looking at. He was playing off of pure talent. And he was winning the MVP. Yeah. That's the guy that we're talking about here. We're talking about a witch. We are not talking about a human because he is that good. And if you go look at the TikTok, like I was saying, on his throw, I threw it like behind my back. Uh, like I, It was like a behind-the-back pass, like uh, Pistol Pete or Magic Johnson uh, for Patrick Mahomes. Because, like, you know, like what's next? He's probably going to try that next. He's throwing everything else. He's even throwing left-handed. So, I mean, what's to stop him from doing that at this point? Um, but, yeah, he's – I mean, we could rave about Mahomes all day. We can rave about how talented he is. We can go through all the stats. We can go through the fact that he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns in a season. We can go through the fact that this year he put up 4,700 yards and I don't even know, 40-something touchdowns and, what, 14 games? Um, something like that because he didn't play the last game of the season and I think he also missed a game due to injury. I could be wrong on that. He played 15 games, yes. Um, but he was just, you know, dominant all season, just effortlessly. Like he had games like the Chiefs team is so good too. Like he had games where he only had 23 pass attempts. When would you ever see Somebody like of his skill level only throwing the ball 20 something times, especially like low 20s. I guess like 29, like, oh, you know, 29 is a good bit. It's almost 30, but like 23 times in a game. And they also won the game 41 to 16 because that's how dominant this team is. This Chiefs team is so good. They, I think a lot of people are sleeping or just kind of like trying to not talk about how good they are. Um, because of because of just the fact of like how dominant they've been over the last couple of years. Um, but if the Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl last year, I think everybody would kind of be in agreement about how dominant they are and how they're just going to kind of run through everybody. And I'm pulling it up now. Um, the Chiefs actually in the regular season this year. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the postseason. I'm trying to see if I can get it up. I'm trying to pull up their total defense. Yeah, it's not coming up. Um, yeah, I don't understand why everything's being glitchy right now when it comes to stats. But, oh well. So, I feel like if the if they didn't win the Super Bowl last year, I think everybody would have them as like the locked-on favorite. But like they've just been so dominant over the course of this time 
that I think we're all just kind of trying to not talk about how awesome they are when in actuality they're just awesome. They're just a really good football team, and I think they're going to win. I think that's been pretty obvious so far. Um, I think I don't think the Bucks offense is good enough to compete with them. I get it individual talent-wise. They have just as much, if not more, talent, especially when it comes to skill position players, but Patrick Mahomes closes that gap real quick. At this point in their careers, Patrick Mahomes is leaps and bounds better than Tom Brady. It's the truth. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in football, possibly the most talented quarterback we've ever seen. Tom Brady, you can make the argument he's on the top 10 right now. Quarterbacks, um, you can make the argument, you know. It's 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 just the truth. Um, he's he's still really good. He's still a guy you can win the Super Bowl with. He's like, don't get me wrong, obviously. But you can definitely tell that he's not Tom anymore. And I keep saying this and I keep doubting him and like, it was, I did something stupid called um, bet against Tom Brady. Yeah, that's that's on me. Um, whenever I, the postseason was first shaking out, I had him actually going win in Lambeau. I thought they matched up very well with the Packers. And then coming to the Superdome in the NFC Championship game and losing there. Instead, they beat the Saints in the Superdome and then went to Lambeau, you know, kind of vice versa. But as soon as... I knew the Bucks matched up well with the Packers, but I kind of didn't want to admit that they were going to win. So I kind of kept saying, I like, I do think the Packers are the better team, but I think they match. I think the Bucks just match up with them so well. I don't think anyone really matches up with the Chiefs. If it would have been anyone, it would have been the Bills because the Bills could just score with them. Um, but there's a legit chance that the Chiefs just go out there and just score on every possession. It's like, come on, let's go. Keep up, old man. Let's go, Tom. Keep up. Um, I don't think they will score on every possession. You know, bull take. <laughs> but this this Buccaneers defense is very good. They have the best front seven in football. Not afraid to admit it. They have the best linebacker duo in football with Devin White and Levante David, assuming Levante David plays. Uh, Devin White is probably the top two in football right now, linebackers, maybe even the best. He's nasty. Um, he, coming out of LSU, actually said he's a future Hall of Fame player. So, yeah, I love I love Devin White so much. And uh, actually, if you listen to part of my take and interview, did an interview with Leonard Fournette. Fournette said the hardest hit he's ever took in his career, like the last guy who'd ever want to take a hit from, would be Devin White, just because he's country strong. Like Devin White, if you may not know, if you're not an LSU fan or a Bucks fan, you may not know this, he grew up on a farm. Yeah, Devin White, that guy. He grew up on a farm, and he had his own horse, and like him and his horse, we know the horse's name, Daisy May, because he would always talk about her. And his horse and him actually walked on the field at like the football field, like Death Valley in LSU. Uh, just like whenever he was like done with the team, like whenever he was walking away, like they let him have that moment with his horse. Like that's just the type of guy Devin White is. He grew up just, you know, literally working the farm. He's that type of strong he grew up running with horses, like trying to race them. And he grew up trying to like, you know, you have to, you have to be strong to be able to, uh, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be strong to work on a farm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it sounds so dumb. Like I sound like, you know, just kind of repeating myself, but like, it's the truth doing the things he had to do. Like it's just kind of made him into what he is. And what he is, is a huge man. Who's one of the strongest dudes in football who can also run, you know, four, three or four, four. 
That's the type of player Devin White is. That's the type of dude Devin White is. And he's just a great leader. You can see that every time he takes the field, he's just a wonderful leader. Um, I think the X factor in this game is going to be the Bucks corners and how they hold up. I don't think they're that great. Um, Tyreek Hill put up 200 yards and like three or four touchdowns in a quarter against them. <laughs> yeah. In the first matchup, Tyreek Hill put up 200 yards in the first quarter. And that's why I have trouble saying that the Bucs are going to win because Chiefs kind of let their foot off the gas, let the Bucs come back a little. They still won. It was never really in doubt. But I don't think the Chiefs let their foot off the gas if it's the Super Bowl. Now, again, talk's cheap. You can say whatever you want. But I, I, do, I do believe that as true. I don't think they're going to be as willing to kind of let their foot off the gas and let you come back in that type of game. Um, I do think the Chiefs are going to win. I think they're going to win pretty handily. I definitely, I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover by three. Um, I thought I'm going to go with a six point margin of victory here. Like set, let's say seven, a touchdown. They're going to win by a touchdown. Um, but I think it's going to be one of those things to where like they're up 13 and then Tom scores with like 45 seconds left in the game. And then they kick an onside kick and don't get it. And then they lose by seven or six. But in reality, they were down by multiple touchdowns. Yeah, it's going to be one of those type of things. Um, but I expect it to be a good game. Um, I I think it's going to be back and forth early. But at the end of it, I don't know if the Bucks can really take it to the Chiefs and score with them and kind of have their way with them, if that makes sense. Um, but... I don't think they're going to roll over and die either, and I think that's going to be because of their defense. Um, if you look at the divisional game against the Saints, Saints forced a three and out on the first two possessions by the Bucks, and then they flipped the field instantly with the punt return, one to like the 20-yard line, and the other one they actually returned for touchdown, then they got called back. Yeah, but the Saints only came out of there with six points, I think. And then the Bucks kind of started getting their offense going, and then they, you know, they end up winning the game because their defense set the tone and their defense held them down. Now, Patrick Mahomes is a lot harder to stop right now at this point in his career than Tom Brady, but I, I, I'm not going to be surprised by anything this Bucks defense does anymore because of Devin White and because of Levante David. And not to be that guy, but if Sean Murphy and Fontaine is allowed to hold receivers the way he has these last couple weeks in the playoffs. It's definitely going to help out when, against Harry Kill speed. Um, I don't know who's going to cover Travis Kelsey. I think that's also a problem. Devin White, for as good as he is, he still has trouble in coverage. Um, but he has he has covered well this postseason. So, I mean, again, it's hard. But I personally don't know if there's anyone in football that can cover Travis Kelsey. Um, I think this game is going to come down to – I really think it's going to come down to one play and not in the sense, because I already said that it's going, the Chiefs are going to control it, but not in the sense of like this one play is going to determine the game. I think this one play is going to be meaning momentum because the Chiefs, it can take one play for them and then all of a sudden they'll put up 21 points in three minutes because they had that momentum. Um, like that's just kind of the way that the Chiefs operate because they play, you know, they play big play football. They're going to go out there and they're going to complete a big pass to Tyreek Hill. 
and put on the afterburners. Um, I'm going to Super Bowl MVP. Okay, I'm going to predict the score. You ready? Let me know when you're ready. You ready? I'm going to go Chiefs 34, Bucks 27. That's going to be my final score prediction. 34 to 27 Chiefs. Yeah, feels about right. Um, so do with that information as you will. Don't be afraid to take the over. Always take the over, especially in big games. You don't want to be the one guy that's sharing against points. That'd be really lame. Um, but I'm very, I'm very excited for this game. Um, very excited to be able to, you know, sit there with your family, like your close friends, COVID safe, of course. Um, try not to be reckless, guys. But you know, be able to hang out with your people, and you know. At this point, like the Super Bowl is ex- an experience, especially if your team's not playing. It's an experience. This isn't just any other game. I'm very excited to be able to watch it. I keep saying that over and over again, just because I am. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of it's pretty much gonna do it for today. Um, I guess basketball stuff you can touch on. Joel Embiid and uh, Nikhil. I, I'm struggling. Jokic <laughs> um, won the Conference Players of the Month. Congrats to them. Well deserved. Probably the two MVP candidate favorites right now, and beats probably the front runner. Um, but yeah, those are a couple studs. Uh, I guess we're I guess we're going back to the day of the big man, right? Not really, but um, they're not your traditional big man. Uh, they can both shoot the three ball. They can both facilitate on offense. And yeah, let's just say basketball is in some pretty good hands. Let's just say that Pelicans fans. I'm hoping by the time we talk next time, there's going to be some trade go through. I can't watch this team anymore. They need to be shooken up. I just can't do it anymore. But nevertheless, yeah, I I'm uh I'm definitely excited. We have a lot of big sports stuff coming up now. Uh, we have the Super Bowl. After that, you have a little bit of a break where sports kind of suck, and then you have you know. All of a sudden, you have conference uh, conference tournaments for basketball. You have March Madness. Then baseball starts up. And next thing you know, then it's the NBA playoffs. And then it's the trade deadline for baseball. Next thing you know, football's back. More stuff in between there. Uh, if you're a hockey guy, it probably helps out too with Stanley Cup uh, in the hockey season. But, you know, overall, we have stuff to look forward to. Football isn't dead yet, guys. We have one more week. Cherish it. Remember what it's like uh, because you don't want to be the guy who takes it for granted. And then all summer for, you know, seven months, you have to be the, like, you just have to be like, man, I miss football so much. I'll never take it for granted again. Cause I don't know about y'all. I do that all the time. Every time we don't have football, I'm just like, like this last weekend, there was no football on for the first time in, I don't know, since September. I'm like, I will never take football for granted again. I miss it so much. Um, it's, I'm joking, but like, I'm like, I'm serious. Like I was kind of lost, like kind of had nothing to do. So I can't say your, our usual, let's watch football until your eyes bleed thing that I've always kind of said this season, but you know, let's, uh, let's, let's cherish this moment. It's very, it's a very good moment. Uh, I'm hoping we can get a good game. I'm hoping it's an interesting game back and forth the entire time. The worst thing in the world is whenever, Big game, someone gets blown out, and then all of the hype and anticipation is gone. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can just enjoy a fun weekend, a fun night on Sunday night with your, you know, closest family and friends, and uh, everybody just stay safe, have a great weekend, and I will see you guys next week. Love you guys.